Can't Wait for Christmas is a proud member of the Christmas Podcast Network. Check out all the shows on the network at christmaspodcastnetwork.com. Hey, buddy, what you doing? Is it Christmas yet? No, sorry, not yet. I can't wait for Christmas. Yeah, I can't wait for Christmas either. In fact, let's celebrate now. <laughs> Welcome to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. <laughs> Welcome, you believers, to this rare mid-year bonus episode of the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. Are you wondering why I'm in your feed this early in the month? That's great, because I've always wanted to do this. Previously on the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. Just like the Oscars, this episode has run long. Unlike the Oscars, we can just do a bonus episode in a week or two. So keep watching your feed because we're putting out two episodes this May. That's right, no matter who wins Oscar gold, tonight the true winner is you. Why are you so cheesy? It's all I know how to be. Fair enough. Yes, last episode we talked with film critic, author, and podcaster Alonzo Duralde about Christmas at the Oscars. It was a super fun conversation, and if you haven't listened to it yet, you totally should. But I was having so much fun talking to Alonzo, I ran out of time for our regular segments. Segments like Santa Bab's Mailbag. Santa Bab, he is gonna read some emails from you, or tweets. Or Facebook messages to Santa Bab. He is opening up his mailbag tonight. So in the episode before our Oscar episode, we talked about white elephant gift exchanges. I asked you to tell me about your white elephant stories. And you came through, like this letter from Leslie. Hey Tim, just wanted to write in and tell you about a gift exchange where I did what you suggested. I bought something I wouldn't mind taking home myself. It was a DVD set of the Back to the Future trilogy. Guess who got to take it home? Yep, this gal. This Christmas, my husband bought me the Blu-ray set, so I gave the DVD set to my mom, who doesn't have a Blu-ray player. I didn't re-gift the set, I just gave them to her. Keep laughing all the way, Leslie. P.S. I once brought the VHS of Clerks inside an old oven mitt to a white elephant gift exchange. I didn't realize it was one of the new versions where we had to buy stuff. Everyone was confused and nobody stole it, but thankfully I wasn't too embarrassed because it was all anonymous. Embarrassed face emoji and crying laughing face emoji. Nice, Leslie. That is one of the sadder things about the impending doom of physical media. DVDs and Blu-rays were easy gifts. Just pick a popular movie and bring it to the party. Who doesn't love Back to the Future? But more and more people are going full digital. You can't do that, people. We need no-brainer gift ideas. Got another email from Susan who says, Your recent podcast on white elephant gift exchanges reminded me of a gift exchange I had with some coworkers many years ago. We wanted to do a Christmas party luncheon with gift exchange, but most of us were struggling financially and already stressed about preparing for Christmas. We couldn't stand the idea of having to spend some more time, energy, and money preparing food and buying gifts. That's when we came up with the idea for what became known as the No Fruitcake Party. We would wait until our first day back at work after Christmas. Rather than make food for the party, everyone would bring their holiday leftovers supplemented by Christmas popcorn tins and cookies received as gifts or goodies picked up at the half-price sales the day after Christmas. Our gift exchange would be trading a present we had received that year that we didn't want. We all agreed that many times we got gifts from well-meaning relatives that were good gifts, but not a good fit for us. We would bring these and hopefully get something better in exchange. 
but you had to bring a good gift. No white elephant chia pets. That's where the no fruitcake title comes in. We were hoping to trade up. Worst case scenario, we would still get a terrible gift, but at least we didn't have to spend money to do it. It was a great party. We brought all the leftovers we could scrounge from our families. We had a much bigger buffet than if we'd each made one thing just for the party. I love learning what my friends ate at the holidays, and sampling their secret family recipes was a special way to share Christmas with them. Our gift exchange was terrific, too. We drew numbers for the presents, and they all ended up being so nice. As each person opened their gift, the person who brought it had to explain why they were willing to part with it. A bottle of popular perfume was bought by someone who didn't like the scent. The lady who brought a nice popcorn popper told a horror story about her dental work did not get along with popcorn. I brought a gourmet coffee set, I don't drink coffee, and received a set of scented candles from a mother of three preschoolers who referred to it as baby's first arson kit. Of all the Christmas parties and gift exchanges I've been to over the years, this was one of my favorites. Maybe some of your other listeners would like the idea. I love the show. Keep up the good work. Susan. P.S. I never considered Die Hard a Christmas movie until a group of my friends wanted to have an adults-only Christmas party a few years ago. Rather than offend anyone by explicitly stating that it was for adults only, insert indignation about not inviting kids to a Christmas party, we made it Die Hard-themed. Nothing says no kids more politely than the promise of hearing yippee Kaye mumble mumble repeated 400 times in one night. Well, thanks, Susan. What a great idea. A white elephant party, a potluck, and a re-gifting exchange rolled into one. And a way to extend a Christmas a little bit. Because it happens after Christmas, which I'm all about. No fruitcake parties should totally be a thing that happens all over. We all need something to do during that awkward week between Christmas and New Year's. No fruitcake parties. Get on it, party planners. Make this a mainstream thing. And now, on to a non-white elephant-related comment from Wes, who writes, I just came across an interesting tidbit. Let's call it a Disney Christmas crossover cookie crumb. A new bit, perhaps? Apparently, When You Wish Upon a Star from Pinocchio has become a Christmas song in Sweden, Norway, and Denmark. I have no idea if this is true, but the melody is so beautiful that it would be a tragedy if it hadn't become a Christmas song somewhere. A bunch of artists add this song to their Christmas albums, but I don't think I've ever heard it played on Christmas radio in the U.S., I'd love to hear your take on the song, how it became a Christmas standard, and the percent chance Disney Christmas crossover cookie crumbs become their own bit on Can't Wait for Christmas in the future. So this was a comment left on can'twaitforchristmaspod.com, to which Jennifer responded, I am in Sweden, and yes, it is true. It is because of the Donald Duck Christmas special that has been played on TV at 3 p.m. Christmas Eve since the 1960s, and in theaters with free showings prior to that. The current showing has been edited for political correctness, but When You Wish Upon a Star is still a much-loved part of it. So thank you, Wes and Jen. It's funny, we actually mentioned this on the show way back in March of 2018, when I did a five golden things of non-Christmas Christmas songs. When You Wish Upon a Star was number one on that list, thanks to a comment from... Let me check my notes. Oh, pretty sure it was Jen. So thanks, Jen, for being our Disney-slash-Swedish-slash-Christmas expert. And in terms of the future of the Disney Christmas crossover cookie crumb... I'm going to say that's a mouthful, but I would not rule it out as a future segment on this show. And now it's time for the main feature we didn't have a chance to do in our April episode, Seasons Musings. Seasons Musings coming through, can't wait to hear the thoughts sent in by you. All year, I'm asking you questions from this card game my mom gave me for Christmas, and I'm asking you to record your answers and send them in for all of us to enjoy. The most recent question was, when does it start to feel like Christmas to you? And our first season's muser was Johnny on the spot with his answer. Well, not so much Johnny, but actually Chris on the spot. Hey, Tim, Chris Kringle here once again from Kringle Talks Football. Um, 
Christmas for me starts just after my summer holidays, which finishes end of August, roughly. I don't really do Halloween. Not big fan of uh, Thanksgiving. So it's kind of like when the evening starts to get darker a bit earlier is sort of when I whack on the Christmas music and sort of get into the Christmassy feel. Probably some stores are similar over there in the US, but over here we usually start to get Christmas uh, decorations and Christmas... Um, ornaments etc in the stores by about september october time so you already have the christmasy feel really um but for me in venice i celebrate all year round so yeah it probably starts just after my summer holidays an ambitious start to the christmas season i must say giving you plenty of time to run up to the big day on this side of the pond though people get awful sore if you get in the way of their halloween if there's one thing americans like it's candy if there's two things americans like it's candy and more candy and now let's hear from Aaron. Hi, Tim. This is Aaron, and it starts to feel like Christmas time to me as soon as November starts. So I enjoy the heck out of spoozy, spoozy, <laughs> spooky season for all of October. And then as soon as October's over and it hits November, and now it's cozy time for sweaters and hot cocoa, and, um, that's when it starts to feel like Christmas time to me because all the stores start having all the Christmas displays and the music and people complain about it, but I just love it and I want to have a full two months of Christmas time. So that's it for me. I like it, Aaron. Also, I don't care if it was just a slip of the tongue. I like spoozy season. It's like spooky season and boozy season rolled up into one. Basically, it's for those people who need a stiff drink to make it through that haunted house. So thank you for leaving that in. And now let's hear from David. Hey, Tim, this is David from Indiana. And I just wanted to let you know that I get in the spirit of Christmas as soon as I start putting up Christmas decorations. I get in on the whole shebang. As soon as we bring out the boxes, putting up the tree, putting up the decorations in the house, putting up things and lights outside, all of that. I love it all. And while I'm doing it, I listen to Christmas music and often the <clears throat> Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. <laughs> One of my favorites. So keep up the good work. I look forward to hearing what we've got next month and keep laughing all the way. Thanks, David. I totally feel you on this. The moment you start unboxing the decorations and hanging the lights, something clicks internally. That's like that meme of the office that I see getting passed around all the time. Oh my God. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? Yes, yes, it's time. It's go time. <laughs> all right, now let's hear from Jonathan. Hey, Tim. Hey, listeners. This is Jonathan calling from Portland, Maine. Um, the, the way that I know, the way I sort of feel in my heart that it's the Christmas season is like a very specific tradition that I have. And it starts actually at the end of every Christmas season. Um, sometime after Epiphany, I write myself a letter to, um, open the next Christmas season. Um, I write myself a letter and then I also, I'll go to the after Christmas sales and I'll get myself a few little like Christmassy presents and I'll wrap them up and I'll put them in a box. Um, and then I'll set a date on the calendar, usually the first week of November. And that's the date that I open the box and read the letter to myself and open the presents. And it's a really nice, um, like sweet, like solitary um, and special way to start the Christmas season. So that's, that's my answer. What a great idea. Now, it sounds like you put a good amount of effort into it, but what a great payoff. Between the no fruitcake party and this, we've got some great future tradition ideas on this episode. Now, let's hear from Monica. Hello, Tim and other Can't Wait for Christmas podcast listeners. It starts feeling like Christmas for me right when Halloween ends. 
Um, and although the decorations are still up, once it's November the 1st, it feels like Christmas. Another vote for November. I like it and I respect it. Thanks, Monica. Now let's hear from Brandon. Hey, Tim and all of those can't wait for Christmas podcast listeners. How's it going? My name is Brandon and uh, you may have heard me in the fifth anniversary special of the can't wait for Christmas podcast. It got to be a part of the five golden things segment of that show. I wanted to send you an audio clip to talk about uh, your your question. When does it feel like Christmas for you? What's that definitive moment when it finally feels like Christmas. And me being a child of the 90s, I had to tune in and I had to watch those Christmas specials every single year. You know, this was before DVRs and all that kind of stuff. So I had to tune in every single year and see all those Rankin Bass specials. And that moment at the end of Rudolph, where Santa says, Merry Christmas, and the sleigh rides off into the sky, that's the moment where I feel like, yes, it is finally Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Keep up the great work, Tim. Thank you so much for doing the show every single month. I look forward to it every single month. Merry Christmas, everyone. Oh, snap. Brandon came with production sounds and another great answer. Sometimes it's not just a time, but a time and a sound or a visual that clicks it in for you. I remember as a kid, my mom and I would go to Disneyland every Thanksgiving. And when we hit Main Street and that soft Christmas music was playing, I knew Christmas had begun. Okay, we got one last one from Christina. It doesn't feel like Christmas until I hear Judy Garland sing, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. And I can't play it myself. I have to randomly hear it somewhere, in the store, on the radio, television, whatever. When all of a sudden I hear her singing, it's Christmas. Nice. This kind of sounds like the positive version of Whamageddon, where you see how long you can go during Christmas season without hearing Last Christmas by George Michael. But this one, you want to hear Judy Garland, you just can't force it. We could uh, play it right now, and her Christmas season could start in mid-May. Don't you do it, imaginary listener who kind of sounds like Kermit the Frog. What? That's cheating. She said she couldn't do it. She didn't say we couldn't do it. Don't even think about it. Get away from that gramophone. Wait, this thing works? Would you get out of here? We gotta give the folks the next season's news in question. Fine. Okay, so first, thank you to all who chimed in. And if you didn't, you have a chance now as I pull the next question from the deck. So the next question for you to answer is... What is the most interesting piece of Christmas trivia you know? That is a good one, but kind of an awkward one for a guy who does a Christmas podcast. I feel like I know tons of Christmas trivia at this point. How do I pick a favorite? I'll just go with one I know I haven't mentioned on the show before because I just learned it recently. Apparently, 60% of Christmas decorations are made in one city, and it's not the North Pole. I'll leave it at that because you might just be hearing more about this in a future episode. Okay, so what about you? What cool Christmas trivia are you sitting on? Let us know by recording yourself on your computer or phone or tablet and email it to us at christmas at tancast.com. That's christmas at tan like the color, cast like you broke your arm, dot com. And we'll play your answer on the next edition of Seasons Musings. As always, if you'd like to get this deck I'm using for this segment, there's a link in the show notes so you can grab your own Christmas chat pack. And the jingle for this segment featured Deck the Halls by Kevin McLeod, which was used under Creative Commons 3.0 Attribution License. Now, before we leave this segment completely, I got an unconventional entry from Ken. He wrote, 
Hello. I usually start my Christmas stuff mid-July, with Christmas in July and then a little each month up to the real day. Am I supposed to be saying this out loud on my phone? Smiley face emoji. Well, yes, Ken. The whole point of this is for people to hear other voices besides mine, which they've heard plenty of over the past nearly six years I've been doing the show. But I had to read your email because of your awesome PS, which he says... Also, if you want to laugh, this is my now almost 20-year-old son and me when he was about nine. He wrote a Christmas song, and we recorded it. And Ken included a link, and it's as glorious as I could have hoped for. Take a listen. What's up in the air? I think it's Santa Claus. Thank you, Ken. And thank you, Ken's unnamed son. That brought a Christmas smile to my heart. Also, that brings this bonus episode to a close. Don't you cry. I'll be back again someday. And by someday, I of course mean May 25th, right on schedule. So send in your most interesting Christmas trivia to Christmas at TanCast.com to be part of our next season's musings. And until next time, you'll believers, keep laughing all the way. And that was Christmas 1983. Actually, Dad, it's 2021. Oh. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, a.k.a. iTunes, and email us about it at christmas at tancast.com, we'll send you a free Can't Wait for Christmas sticker. If you'd like to see the show notes or leave a comment on this or any other episodes, you can go to our official website, can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. While you're there, you'll find a link to our official Zazzle store where you can grab customizable t-shirts, ornaments, stickers, and all sorts of other Christmas-themed items all year long. We'd love to connect with you on social media. On Facebook and Instagram, we are Can't Wait for Christmas Pod. And on Twitter, we are at Christmas Pod. We wish you a Merry Christmas was performed by the United States Marine Corps Band, and this amazing version of Jingle Bells on the accordion was performed by the wonderful and talented Christian Nowicki. All other music and sounds used in this episode are the properties of their individual copyright holders, and they are used for purposes of commentary and review. No infringement is intended. Okay, boys, did I forget anything? God bless us, everyone. Merry Christmas! Welcome, Yule Believers, to this rare mid... Let's clear my throat before I start talking. Yep, good start.
previously on the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. Nope, I'm not getting it right. Previously on the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. Whew, I cannot get enough air to say that sentence correctly. All year, I'm asking you questions from this card game my mom gave me for Christmas and asking you to record your answers and send them in for us all to enjoy. I feel like I could say that with less cheesiness in every word. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Frog guy, what did you do? Ha ha, I am frog voiced man, the bringer of Christmas. Behold my awesome power. Christina, I'm sorry.